Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs> Welcome back to episode 31 of the Hell Ming Power Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Rick, and I'm here with my friend. Well said. Danny Bennett. That's right. We're here with episode three to the one. Just like how many flavors Baskin Robbins has. We are ready to come to you with a movie that you may or may not have heard about, but it's definitely one of my favorites. And that is... Lair of the White Worm. Yeah, based on a Bram Stoker story, Lair of the White Worm is a 1988 Ken Russell movie, and I cannot wait to get into the craziness with you today. This movie is absolutely bonkers. So you may not hear a lot of hell mings. Even though you would say, Rick, tell me it's not true. That should be a hell ming. Nope. Not in this case. I predict that there will be a mass exodus of homes of people running out to their nearest store and trying to find Lair of the White Worm, which may or may not be all that easy. <laughs> the movie or the actual worm? The worm. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, it's a challenge. You may have to travel a bit. Yeah, I mean, of course, online. I'm sure you can find it online. <laughs> Just use your Pokemon Go game and try to find it. That's right. I think it's over there. <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's going to be a fun show. And just hang on tight because we'll take the time machine back to 1988 and check this movie out. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes, folks. <laughs> The Hail Ming Power Hour is brought to you by the Star League. Defending the frontier against Xur and the Kodan Armada since 1984. And loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hail Ming! Cheese and crackers. <laughs> Cheese and crackers. And we're back. <laughs> kind of missed that one. Cheese and crackers. <laughs> Cheese and crackers. Yeah, man. 1988, The Lair of the White Worm. This is going to be one interesting trip, and I'm not even talking about the one in the time machine. It's Lair of the White Worm, man. 
Hmm. It's got Amanda Donahue. It's got Sammy Hugh, Davis. Hugh Grant. James Earl Jones. Hugh Laurie. Peter Laurie. Hugh Jass. <laughs> Is that one of our sponsors? <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, let me have a moment to uh, give you one of our sponsors today. We are here proudly representing Huge Ass Men's Apparel. When you need pants that look more like a tent. Huge ass is there for you. And don't forget our other sponsor, Under Pressure Plumbing. They've been laying pipes since 1988. <laughs> Genius! I love that guy. He always makes me feel so good about myself. Okay, so it's time to jump into the time machine and go back to 1988. Here we go! Oh, I'll never get used to this. Is it always this bumpy? Can I hang my head out again? No. There you go. Just like I left it. 1988. 1988? Where was I? I was graduating high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, so that means I was in high school. Yeah. I graduated in 93, so... Check it out. Tone Lopes playing, man. What? <laughs> like live, too. <laughs> I'm talking about crazy stuff. Yeah, they're playing here at the Circle K. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. 1988. A prime time, for sure. So, two... <laughs> So toot? <laughs> so toot. <laughs> I don't do that on request. Well, back then that meant, you know, do some cocaine. Right. <laughs> All right. So to give us a synopsis for Lair of the White Worm, here's Tommy Chong. Lair of the White Worm, man. In a world where fishing is everything, the legendary piece of bait is all you need to catch the biggest fish, man. Jordan Lorenzo, the native fisherman, on his quest to land the first fish of his dreams. With breakout performances by William Cheekbones de Curico and Sally Mae Hutchinson as the lady fisher person, man. It's a fun fishing time for all men. Yeah. <laughs> to get the first fish, you got to get the white worm. <laughs> I don't think it's the same movie. I, I'm not sure. I think, yeah, maybe. All right, man. This is, this is your pick. Tell me why. Tell me why do we watch Lair of the White Worm, man? So many reasons. I'm just going to say them in no particular order. The first is not my favorite. The last is not my finale. Every reason to watch Lair of the White Worm is good. So I start with Amanda Donahoe. Donahoe. <laughs> As the snake priestess cult leader. 
She's in this as kind of the villain. Yep. And she eats up the screen. And she eats up the kids. <laughs> she comes home to her uh, estate, you know, near the famed White Worm Lair. Right. Of old times. And, and she decides to resurrect this cult. It's time to resurrect this cult. And she is fantastic. Yep. She's every bit the upper crust um, woman. Yep. And she's friendly. I mean, you could like her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about her is even though she's pure evil. Yeah. She's likable. She's totally likable. Yeah. And she, I'd want to go talk to her. She seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and I think she does a great job of just just being this villain that could trick anybody in entrusting her. Right. She's kind of cool, like a David Warner kind of cool. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think so, too. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think her role in this is... It, it has to be knocked out of the park because the, so much of the movie focuses on that character. And, yeah, she's perfect for the role. It I, makes the movie... Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. why she was my top. I and I'd have to fight, but that's where she ended up. Well, my number one reason, because it just comes out of nowhere, but the band that's playing at the big party, at the <laughs> celebration of the big white worm. He didn't like the look of it, so he threw it down a well. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. I love this song. It still gets stuck in my head sometimes. Yeah. People, right now, turn off your recording devices, stop listening to this, and go get Lair of the White Worm. Seriously. <laughs> if that doesn't make you happy, there's no hope for you. There's no hope for you. <laughs> What's your nope? That was your yeah, top reason. I just I love the band. I think they were a lot of fun. The song, you know, you're getting the legend of the white worm in the story, and it's just fun. Yeah, and everybody's it, like, yeah, we got a big giant worm that kills people. Yeah, it's fun. It, it's this 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 village festival they have to commemorate the killing of the white worm by Hugh Grant's family. Right? Are they were they the Damptons or was it the Dampton? town anyway it's the dampton worm because that's the name of the place right hugh grant's family you know ages ago is attributed to slaying the worm that was the plague of the people right and this is a festival that his family invites everybody up and they have entertainment and food yeah some kind of food pickled worms stuff is nasty that was next on my list don't eat the buffet (laughs) it's pretty bad so my second i mean i'm just gonna have to say light and dark night and day good and evil you've got amanda donahoe as sylvia on one end and who do you have on the other hugh grant see (laughs) hugh grant is not likable right i mean he's the good guy really but He's he's pompous He's very pompous, and he pulls it off so well, like yeah. only Hugh Grant can do. I love him in this. This first movie I remember seeing him in. He's got that big-ass coat. He's <laughs> hanging off his shoulders. He's strutting around everywhere. There are a few parts in this where the, the main characters, the kind of the commoners, they end up asking him questions, 
and and he just doesn't even answer. He's like, right. I've got someone to be. And he just goes. <laughs> he, and, and he talks with his teeth shut. Like he's like, yeah. have you seen my tennis racket? Because it's missing. Yeah. Have I mentioned that I love Lair of the White Worm? Just a little. Yes. I love it. Yeah. My next reason, I'll give you an, I'll give you reasons all day. It's a Ken Russell <laughs> film. That's on my list. At the time that I saw it, I didn't know who Ken Russell was, really. I didn't make that connection. But and you mentioned Ken Russell in uh in when in our crawl episode. Right. You know, that the kind of the the, the, the gown. That, yeah. Kind of the legend between the beast and the princess is very Ken Russell like. Right. And at the time I didn't I didn't know. But if I had known that Lara the White Worm was him, but, yeah. then I would have immediately jumped right in. Because right. yeah. Altered states, anything where the the visions are nightmarish, weird, over the top, symbolic. I mean, just wacko LSD induced craziness. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're mean. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. mean. Like even the, the dream sequences that start out nice, they end up just so diabolical. Right. And that's what I got. I got Ken Russell at his craziest. Yeah. And that's that's a tall order because all of his stuff is pretty out there. Great director, but his visions are just twisted. <laughs> and he's he's obviously a pervert. Yeah. Which, you know. <laughs> Who's not? I, I'm not going to hold it against him. Hell Even me. if he asked me to. <laughs> I knew that was going. I pushed a button. <laughs> All right. So what's your next reason? I said that uh, the cop that's in this is a Donald Pleasance ripoff. <laughs> Even though I really like him and I've seen him in a ton of stuff with the, the crazy eye and all that stuff. But he's he he acts like Donald Pleasance in this movie. Even. He's in a ton of stuff. I, I didn't look him up, but I recognize him. He's also in with the director that did all the Beatles movies, did the right. Three Musketeers. I bet he shows up in his stuff, too. I mean, this this guy's one of those, those hard-working, blue-collar British actors. And he plays the constable. And one of my reasons is the, the, the conversation that he has on the radio. Yes. Yeah, Sylvia comes back into town, and, and one of the girls that's a character in this says... Well, somebody's up at her house, so he goes to investigate, and he's on the walkie-talkie, and he's like, you need to come down here, and the guy's like, I, I just started dinner, he's like, I don't care, and he's like, well, you have the car, he's like, well, get your bike, and then the guy burps at him, Right. It's. I, I rewound it and watched it, it's hilarious. And he plays a very pivotal point in the movie, too, yeah. but, you know, the character he starts off with is very Donald Pleasance-like, uh, take take your pick of Pleasant's performances, but you can, you can hear it. You can see it. I love that guy. Um, so just to keep everybody up on the story, <laughs> we're, we're jumping around because we're just telling you the things that we love. I'm going to give you a quick synopsis. Scottish guy is an archeologist. He's staying with two girls on the outskirts of town, finds a skull. We haven't talked about any of this, right? The skull's kind of dinosaur like, but it has no purpose being there in the Roman era, uh, you know, excavating down to a certain depth. Right. And so he's got this skull. Hey, they get pulled off to go to this uh, Dampton festival about the Dampton worm. Um, they meet Hugh Grant on the way home. They pass by the house that's getting somebody in it again. That's where the, the girl comes in. 
and that's pretty much where we are. Like, you know, they, yep. there are two girls who are the main characters other than the Scottish archaeologist, um, Sylvia, the cult leader, and Hugh Grant, and their sisters who parents died. And, and their, their parents dying is kind of part of the plot, too. Right. But, it, yeah, I mean... There's, all, a, there's a lot. When it comes to talking about it, you can skip a lot of the details. You just need to know that there is a group that worships the white worm. Yeah, which, you know, the archaeologist says something, or actually the archaeologist is talking to Hugh Grant when they're when they're at the festival, and, and Hugh Grant says, the word worm is actually a derivative, and it could mean anything from a worm to a snake to a dragon. <laughs> and so, you know, they kind of get this whole mythology where, you know, there might be a dragon yep. cult. Sure. Just getting people up to speed in case you're like, what are they talking about with... Yep. This movie's not the easiest to find. It was pretty popular when it came out. I remember a lot of people renting it back in the day, but I know they just released it on Blu-ray, so not as hard to find now, but it kind of went through a drought there for a while. I think my dad got it when Kroger stopped renting Mm -hmm. movies and he bought a handful. That's also how he had Johnny Dangerously, but... Ah. I remember at first I was a little taken aback by Lair of the White Worm, but after about the sixth time watching it, it's <laughs> good stuff. All right, man. Um, one thing in particular is when uh, when Sylvia comes into the house to get the skull, and she comes back through there and spits the venom all over the, the crucifix. Weird. <laughs> well, because for any of you that grew up watching the V miniseries... If you remember the first time it was revealed that the aliens were reptiles in disguise, it's because she eats a guinea pig. This this lady just eats a guinea pig, or right. unlocks her jaw, and just eats it. This is very similar. Up right. until now, she's just been a friendly yeah. neighbor, and now she's walking through the house, and she sees this crucifix and kind of glares at it, and then these fangs appear in her mouth, and she spits venom all over the wall. Right. Which brings us to what we were talking about with the uh, the Ken Russell stuff, oh, the, yeah. the dream sequence, because the girl walks up and touches the venom, and it instantly sends her into shock, and she starts seeing these visions, and there's there's no words to describe what you no. see. I mean, it's it's like a Roman crucifixion scene, yeah, gone horribly awry. Right. It, if it wasn't awry already, you know, it's a Roman yeah. crucifixion scene, but yeah. But yeah, the, the, the Romans start raping nuns, and and it's really the, difficult. Yeah, yeah. The white worm is wrapped around the, the, the crucifixion and the right. whole thing. It's, it's so bizarre. So crazy, crazy. Like I said, Ken Russell, that's the best way to describe it. There is nobody that makes these visions like he does. Oh, and, and throughout this, too, one thing I appreciate in Ken Russell is... is imagery outside of it like there's a part where they turn on a faucet and a and a water hose kicks up and it's a white water hose and it ends up looking kind of like a a snake in some kind of throws and it's just and they focus on it the the camera focuses on this hose because that's what the director wanted he just wants to keep inundating you with these symbols right and it's it's everywhere everywhere you turn in this movie you know, the kid playing, you know, snakes and ladders, and there's the big white, you know, snake in the middle, and it's everywhere in this movie. Maybe overdone, but... Maybe. <laughs> it's just 
you know, it gets to the point to where, okay, yes, I see it. Yes, I see it. So you're, you're very right. The uh, Eve touches the venom scene is <laughs> man. It's, it's it, it throws her up, and then it moves into the excavation scene that Angus has got going on in the front yard, where he's just excavated this mosaic. And again, we get into uh, how Hugh Grant's kind of a jerk because right. he's like, "Hey, I see you're in shock." What did you see? And he just kind of drills her until she says something. And then she says, well, I saw a crucifixion and and there was this snake. And he goes, like the mosaic outside? And she says, what mosaic? And and then he's like, well, you have to see this. And she doesn't want to go. But he's like, it's a mosaic. It won't hurt you. <laughs> and he just takes her out there and like puts her head down there to see it. And it's this mosaic of the same scene right. from the Roman era there at Dampton, I guess. I mean, Dampton Abbey. <laughs> Actually, Danton, Dampton Abbey might not be too you know, because they said something about they were building a monastery over the right. temple. Yeah, all all that's probably throwback to the Bram Stoker story. Sure, and so you don't really need to know it to understand what's going on. But there's a lot of hints to why this place is so special. Right, lots of history. I got Hugh Grant's coat as a reason to watch it, but I already talked about that. <laughs> Another thing I've got is the rapid-fire explanation dialogue. Yep. There are these dialogues between the main characters where it's like... It's hard to keep up with. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, he's here excavating because he's on loan from the university. Well, he's excavating at our house because of this. Well, our parents died last week. And it's just the conversation explains the plot. But it's so rapid fire. Yep. Yeah, you. I really no way, like it. You can't catch it all because it's just constant. And how cool is that guy's name? He's not the most masculine dude, but his name is Angus Flint. <laughs> That's I a cool Angus. name, man. On lead guitar, Angus Flint. My next one, the whole bit with the young boy, Kevin, that oh, she yeah. picks up on the side of the road. The, the dialogue between those two. He's so innocent. She's anything but an innocent. It's just hilarious. Well, it, yeah, he, he's he's innocent, but he's still an adolescent boy. And she starts playing on that. She, you know, oh yeah, you can see the slit up the side of her skirt. So Kevin is like a scout. He's heading to the local hostel because he's backpacking. Um, Sylvia drives up in her in her snake like car and and says, "Well, get in. I'll take you out of the rain." And she just starts hitting on him. Yep. And he's like, I can't believe this is happening. This gorgeous <laughs> woman. And, well, he's just a victim. Yeah, yeah. That's It's not going to end up well. <laughs> no, it's how it ends up is, like I said, that whole sequence. Takes him home, plays games with him, says, you know, you need to take a bath. She's bathing him and then yep. bites That's him it. with the venom. Yep, and... Uh, She's got plans for him, but uh, there's a knock at the door. Yeah. Kind of ruins everything. So, you know, what are you going to do if there's a knock at the door? Well, of course, he's paralyzed, so he just pushes his head under the water. Yeah, he was in the, the big tub there, and she's outside of it, and she just puts her foot on his head and just pushes him under, and that's it. Because she was going to kill him. Yep. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. She was going to sacrifice him. Right. And I think at this point she just kills him, so she still needs a sacrifice, maybe. Just a waste. Yeah. It was was a minimal amount of effort on her part, though. I don't think she was worried about finding anybody else. And the part where he starts playing the harmonica. I mean, it's in my top five lines, but 
he picks up a harmonica and starts playing and she starts doing like a snake dance like she's being charmed and it's just hilarious i mean it it just takes the movie to another place (laughs) love it what you got um so i've got the uh the dead parents plain dream sequence so the, the dream sequence another vision from ken russell there's a dream sequence where Hugh Grant is an airline pilot and he goes into a plane and and he sits there and and the dead parents are in the seats, the dead parents of the two yep. the two uh, lasses. And he looks one way and it's uh, Sylvia and he looks the other way and it's Eve, you're kind of a good and evil and he, he decides to go toward Eve because he because he sees her cross. Right. And then Sylvia comes in and they start fighting and she ties him up so he's tied up to a chair watching them fighting and then there's this like raising of a pen in his lap <laughs> it's it's fantastic it's, it's just such a it, it's like it's like a dream it's got it makes about as much sense as a dream yeah yeah at this point this movie is making uh, Ninja 3 <laughs> seem like a pretty sensible movie <laughs> I can't argue with you there. <laughs> My next thing says, Lady Sylvia Marsh, dressed like an extra on Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, the clothes and stuff she's wearing, she would have fit in with all that artsy-fartsy bunch from Beetlejuice with the slick down hair and the, the spit curls and odd-shaped shoulder pads. And, you know, yeah. she's, she's dressed to kill, literally. And uh, nice-looking lady, but, you know, it's just taking it to that other level well she looks like an admiral she's got like a right like a yeah. big admiral coat you know yeah i agree her her sense of style is kind of bizarre but she's yeah. kind of weird so and it was 88 so it was kind of anything go at yeah, that she, point <laughs> she was going straight from lair of the white worm over to a duran duran uh yeah. video why wouldn't you yeah I mean, makes sense to me. Yeah. It's, well, I've got to wear this because I'm going to be on the yacht with uh, <laughs> with Simon, and I need to look like I belong. That's right. Ahoy, Admiral. Good news for you. We're telling you all the best stuff about the movie, and we're going to make it quick, probably, the way we're running through this, so you can run out and buy Lair of the White Worm. <laughs> What's next? My next thing is the... Well, I've got the Dionin convert over this thing the dionin convent over the snake temple like i mentioned yep the dionin is the is the god that sylvia worships and sacrifices to um and has this cult for and there was a convent that was built over it and she she makes sure to tell everybody how pissed off that made dion dionin in the you know as she starts to gain power and so she goes and uh and kidnaps Eve. Yep. Because they have also found some evidence that uh, Eve and Mary's parents might have been uh, killed and their bodies might be up in the cave. So everybody's up right. searching the cave. And while they're back and forth from the cave, Eve gets put alone and she gets kidnapped by uh, Sylvia. Right. And when they figure out that Sylvia has been kidnapped, or they figure out that Eve's been kidnapped, they, they eat a bunch of pasta. They go home, they just eat a big plate of spaghetti. I don't know why. That's ceremonial, I guess. Yeah, it's when like, you... man, she's been kidnapped. Hand me over some of that marinara. Yeah, you know. That's right. 
Honey. Yeah, that's the meal you eat before you go on the search. So it's true. My next thing is says uh, Hugh Grant cutting the snake lady in half. That's oh, an yeah. awesome scene, man. You know, it gets kind of kind of insane. <laughs> you think? <laughs> well, I mean, like if it hasn't been crazy up until now, you know, like like kind of a whodunit, you know, missing people, and like it just becomes an all-out war where these. These two girls and these two guys are the only ones who can go stop this cult. So they end up going up there. And who's the snake lady? It's Marion Eve's yep, mom. Her mom. Yep. She's sitting in a room alone. And I remember this. Yeah. She's sitting in a room alone watching a TV with a lady dancing with a python. You right. know, and, and she's just watching it like like inches away from the set with her back to her her daughter and her daughter comes in you know mom and yeah. and, w- and she turns around she's yeah she's the snake cultist she's got the fangs right. and she starts to kill yes. she she bites mary and at this point you realize that the venom will change you it, it yep. takes over your mind then you become one of them right the werewolf effect right or vampire or vampire bram stoker that's right oh yeah that's right so, he was a one-trick pony. He, he ripped off his own idea. <laughs> Come on, Bram. <laughs> Get with it, man. <laughs> I, mean, I can't talk about enough about this either. I mean, it's creepy. The the whole storming of Sylvia's house where there are dark rooms and and cult followers, and you don't know who to trust. Yeah. Angus sends off uh the venom to have an anti-venom made right so they can prepare themselves for it they kind of go to war near the end of this right and they go to war so they can save eve before she's uh sacrificed to dionin so then the next thing i've got is the bagpipes and the cop yep <laughs> so going to war he's coming up to the mansion playing the bagpipes to stun all the people that are the snake creatures. Right, because they're snakes. That's so, right. So yeah. they're, you know, drawn to the, the music. And uh, he has a throwdown with the cop who is now a snake person. Right. They. I don't remember when he got changed. He got bit by a snake and then uh, Sylvia sucked the venom out. Right. But she just sucked the venom out and swallowed it. I don't think she replaced it with that. But at some point, yeah. he becomes uh, a cultist. Right. So it's a pretty good throwdown. Uh, I don't want to reveal what actually happens there, but uh, let's just say the bagpipes keep on playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Hugh Grant too. Like he gets his ancestral sword that chopped the worm in half and goes off to fight. So at the end, you end up kind of having this showdown, right? And while this showdown is occurring with all the cultists. Uh, Sylvia is in the basement. She's painted her body blue. She's uh, serpentine looking, and she's got this. Uh, she's got this <laughs> strap-on murder weapon yes. that she's going to use to kill Eve in a way that you might strap on and kill someone. Right. It, the key word is strap on. Yeah. If you get my point. Helming. <laughs> we do not have a lead into a sponsor for this one. <laughs> But I'll, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say yet again. Ram Jam's prophylactics. <laughs> Ram Jam. <laughs> I'm going to say right now, I, I still love Lair of the White Worm. It's it's <laughs> it's just such a crazy, fun nuts, thing, man. man. Filled with sexuality that 
probably Bram Stoker did not have in the book. Maybe. I'm just saying. Maybe not. I mean, Dracula. Yeah, but they didn't have strap-on murder weapons. I'll I'll go look up this short story and see. Yeah, it might be all remember, Ken Russell. This is Ken Russell. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not I'm not arguing. I'm I just saying. Yeah. Which which ties into the next thing I had is that a mongoose in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do release some mongoose. They, they they pull out all the stops. They're like everything to fight like a snake. Swords, right. anti venom. Uh, mongoose. They go to the video for Come On, Feel the Noise, and they steal the speakers and put them up on top of the house. Yeah. <laughs> so they can pipe in the uh, the old... <laughs> Lady in France. Everybody knows that's what snake charmers use. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm... I'm kind of beyond my top reasons to watch it. Like, really? Not, not that I don't have a ton of reasons. It's just we've kind of been through them in explaining the plot. What do you got? Another reason or another weapon that they use? The holy hand grenade of Antioch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you keep your earplugs in. If you're a snake woman, you go, I got earplugs so I can't hear your music when you're playing it. Okay, yeah. how about this? Hand grenade. It's always a good thing to carry a hand grenade to battle. And you have to throw it at the count of three. Four is right out. No, five is right out. Oh, five is right out. One, two, four. Three, sir. Three. three. <laughs> this movie's got so much crazy stuff, man. And it is just so bizarre. But it's very fun. Um, even the ending of it kind of leaves you going, mm-hmm. hmm, where's this going to go? It was one of those three, there was one of those the end question mark things right. where, so Angus gets a call from the lab. Oh, it turns out we sent you the wrong thing. We didn't actually send you anti-venom. And of course, he looks at where he's been bitten. He's like, uh, uh-oh. uh-oh. You know? So all this anti-venom they've been using is uh, is not the secret weapon they thought it was. And, well, who knows where it's going to go from there, just like Rick said. it's Yeah. Try not to ruin it too much for you, folks. I say if you like, if you know who Ken Russell is, then obviously you've seen this movie. If you like weird, symbolic flashbacks, things like that tied into your movies, but with some cheeky humor, this movie's fantastic. I, I agree. And if you like... Lots of Christian and pagan conflict imagery and right. a good monster movie. I mean, it's it's not going to educate you on the history of the oh. British Isle or anything. No. But it's all tied in there, probably from the original story. So he did a good job of taking a story that had some, some real seep in history and then making it into a movie that was a lot of fun to watch. And the actual white worm itself looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's true. We, we didn't even mention the I know fact it. that you know, the skull is indicative of the creature that was there and and that creature's coming back up out of that well. Yep. To it, it looks pretty awesome. I will have to say that. Eating Sylvia. That's right. Yeah. Oh, we gave it away. Uh, You know, I mean, we we don't do the spoilers thing here. (laughs) So, yeah, good, good stuff. And the only way to top that is going to be going into our top five lines. Top five lines. Top five lines. Top five lines. Yay! (laughs) All right. 
first thing I've got on my list is the lady saying, my spotted dick. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what you're thinking, people? (laughs) Except the people in the UK, you probably know. That's right. My top line is uh, is a two lines. One is James, who is a Hugh Grant's character. He comes in and he sees the shoots and ladders, and he says, "Do you have children?" And Sylvia responds, "Only when there are no men around." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. She's it's being slick. Good stuff. <laughs> I've got Angus when he says, "I think I might have found your worm." Womp womp. Oh. <laughs> So uh, here's one. Mary and Angus come back up from looking for their dead parents in the cavern. This is another Hugh Grant is a jackass moment. And uh, Mary says, aren't you going to ask how we got on? And Hugh Grant looks at her and says, I can tell by your faces. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, did did we find anything of our dead parents? No, nah, you're all dirty and you look sad. I, I don't have yeah, to ask. I don't have to ask. Yeah. <laughs> What a jerk. I've got uh, when Sylvia's uh, got Kevin at the house, which is the young guy, the scout, and he starts playing his harmonica. And she says, that's enough of that, Kevin. That sort of music freaks me out. Takes his harmonica away. I think it's hilarious. That's, that's great stuff. <laughs> so I've got where the, uh, the cop is talking to Sylvia and he says, well, we only have this one car and a bike. I was hoping we could get a little more money for the police station. And Sylvia says, you can sell my admiral's jacket. (laughs) It's full of gold. Oh, boy. (laughs) This is another line where she's talking to Kevin. She picks him up in the car, plays some music. You like this kind of music? I'm not really into headbanging. Are you into any kind of banging? What? <laughs> I've got my my last top five line here. It's from Angus, and it's uh, when they've gone up to the cavern for the second time, and he says, We've gone through this cave with a fine-tooth comb, and all we found is batch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and my last line comes from Sammy Davis. Not Sammy Davis Jr. Nope. Just, just keep that in mind. There's an actress in this movie named Sammy Davis. She's pretty popular. Too. Yeah. She's and the reason to watch the movie. And she talks to Han- uh, Hugh Grant and says, are you going to eat those Cheez-Its? <laughs> Man, the Cheez-Its scene. <laughs> Holy Cheez-Its. your top five lines that may be real may not be real you have to watch the movie to find out that's all i got to say about that (laughs) lots of fun Uh oh it's raining time raining time it comes up so quickly just like that so what are you gonna give it man Mm, i think i'll give it 10 riveting sessions of snakes and ladders I just gave it nine Ken Russells on acid. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it as a whole. <laughs> I think Ken Russell gave it t- nine, ten, nine Ken Russells on acid. <laughs> it's, that's a Christmas song, I think. Let me try this again. I think Ken Russell gave it nine Ken Russells on acid. 
And as always, our mascot, our winged leader, Brian Blessed. What do you think of Lair of the White Worm? What is this madness? Yeah, pretty much. Can't disagree, Brian. Yep. It's pretty wacko. All right, folks, we'll be right back in a few seconds. Boy Scout Troop 666, the White Worm Cadets, are currently accepting new members. That's right, it's a membership drive. If you've ever wanted to get into scouting, now is your chance. Join today. Take exciting trips into the wilderness. Earn badges in useful categories such as proper hitchhiking skills. Learn how to bag a cougar. Fun overnight trips with lots of board games and hot cocoa. Sit by a real fire and play harmonica. In your night with a hot sponge bath. What more could you ask for? It's the experience of a lifetime. That's Troop 666, the White Worm Cadets annual membership drive. Don't delay, apply today. The devil is coming at you with huge pointed teeth, and he's going to spit his venom all over you. Howdy, folks. Brother J.C. Winneman here, and I just want to tell you that a new evil has shown its ugly face. Ugly face? Right here in your hometown. Not in my home. Yes, ma'am, it's right here under your very nose, and you don't even know it until after you've done been bit and you've turned into a monster yourselves. No monster here. Well, I'm here to tell you, folks, that when this evil runs amok, that's a funny word. Brothers and sisters, you're in luck. You were lucky. Man. I can help you stop this evil that's killing our world, our world. in which we live, we live. From, day from day to day. Today. Brothers and sisters, sisters. With a small fee of $59.95, mm, you can take Brother J.C. Winneman's snake people killing class. Gonna learn how to kill them ugly snake people by stabbing them in the face. Yes, sir, we have it all laid out in a pamphlet that you can carry in your back pocket. That's convenient. And a genuine Brother J.C. Winneman ink pen. So you can check off the boxes as you follow this program step by step on how to kill, that's right, snake people. Follow the steps so you don't screw up. So how is this done, you say? Well, step one, find a snake person. There's one over there. Step two. Show them your fairy. Are you happy to see me? Three. Play a little doozy on your harmonica. Oh, they can't stand that stuff. And then four. Stab them in the face. Right between the eyes. Now, you want to make sure that you do stab them in the face and don't cut them in half. That's right. Because they can kind of still slither around and come after you, and it's just all kinds of nasty. That's creepy. And I say you just kick them and stab them in the face. I'm going to drop kick you like Coco Beware. And I 100% stand behind this program to kill any snake person that you run into. That's a good guarantee. And if it doesn't work for you, just send what you don't like back and we will return you a partial money back guarantee you're gonna get some of your money back this is brother jc winneman saying change your ways before you set a blaze Harmonicas. Harmonicas. 
Everybody loves the sound of harmonicas. <laughs> so why don't you learn to play one today? You can call me Ralphie down here at Ralphie's Harmonica World. <laughs> and we'll gladly get you hooked up with one today. Because harmonicas can bring you joy throughout your lifetime. <laughs> and who knows? You could really get good at harmonicas. And one day it could save your life. So don't forget, harmonicas. Visit Ralphie's Harmonica World today, down on the Main Street, next door to the Dunkin' Donuts. And now, Did You Know, with Darth Sidious. Did you know the skull of the pagan god Didion? used in the movie was constructed by adding sculpted sections to a real cow skull. The original teeth were pulled and replaced with fabricated ones to simulate the serpent look. Did you know when PC Ernie talks on the police radio, the voice on the other end is director Ken Russell? Did you know, my favorite song is On the Dark Side by John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. Did you know, the layer of the white worm was filmed on the plot used in the TV series The Adventures of Black Beauty. Did you know, the mouth of the white worm seen in the tunnel towards the end of the movie was actually a painted over Volkswagen Beetle hood that bears an uncanny resemblance to the mouth of a snake. Did you know I did it all for the Wookiee? Did you know this film contains two future Doctor Who doctors. Peter Capaldi became the doctor in season seven, and Hugh Grant also played the doctor in the BBC short special comic relief, Doctor Who, The Curse of Fatal Death. You've been listening to Did You Know? with Darth Sidious on the Hell Ming Power Hour. Did you know, the ladies have given me the nickname, The White Worm, for obvious reasons. Hi there, this is Mark Allison from the Hail Ming Power Hour production team. Uh, quite recently, uh, due to the popularity of the show, we thought it was a good idea to pitch some brand new original concept movies to Hollywood. So we met with some executive producers and they told us, well they told us to off. Uh, so while we were in the process of off, they did stop us and realize that we have some insight into movies from the 70s, 80s, and 90s that 
may have fallen off the radar and might be good candidates for reboots or remakes. Uh, so they asked us to come up with some ideas for rebooting and remaking those and pitch those ideas. So uh, we've come up with a few and hope you like them. Thanks. She was a tough-as-nails orphan, raised in the streets, looking to avenge the loss of her family. I'm Humpty Brewster. He was a crotchety old bastard who hated the world, looking for answers to the death of his wife. I'm the manager of this building, Henry Wanneman. Neither of them were looking for a partner. And you certainly cannot stay here. Now I want you all to vacate the premises. Neither one knew anything was missing in their lives. Until they found each other. It's obvious you want to stick around for a while, but right here with me. I like it. Maybe the world is blind, or just a little unkind. Oh, what's that doing there? Now, together, these two outcasts will find what they've been missing in their lives. Revenge. 12 gauge autoloader. The 45 long slide with laser siding. Phased plasma rifle in the 40 watt range. The Uzi 9 millimeter. I like them. Well, like I said, it's my job. Stop! It's only fair warning. Yo, yo, what's up? It's a wrap. White worm, yo. <laughs> ding dong, yo. Ding dong. Yo, ding dong, man. <laughs> All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. Glad you hang out with us. Hey, take the time. Go out and check out this movie, man. You won't regret it. You may go, what the crap is this? But you're going to remember a lot of things when you walk away from it, even if it doesn't make any sense. That's exactly the point. It's It's... A lot of the movies that we come up, and I, we haven't said this in a while, these are movies that would not be made today. And it isn't because they're bad. It's because people don't take chances. Right. But they certainly will capitalize on what did or didn't work in these movies and try and put them in their new ones. And right. I think that Lair of the White Worm is one that just kind of got lost. And you can find it. And you can enjoy it. Yep. It's super wacky, man. So check the movie out. Get on the Facebook page. Let us know what you think about it. If you're a fan of it or not, uh, does it does it layer your white worm or not? I'm not sure it even layers my white worm, but you know, <laughs> then, there you have it. And make sure to check us out on any of our venues. We That's right. 
We're iTunes, everywhere now. SoundCloud. Yep. YouTube. Yeah. www.google. <laughs> Face the book. Face the book. Uh, you can buy our greatest hits album at Target. That's right. And our music, as always, is brought to you by Ralph Mouth Records. Come taste music. the music. <laughs> music you can taste. All right, folks, I'm Rick. And I'm Danny. And we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, there comes a time when you have to help out your fellow man. Help out your neighbor when they're looking for maybe their lost parents who have been gone forever and someone just found a stopwatch in a nearby cave. Chances are good that somebody else is going to ask for your help. Maybe a cult leader who's looking for a sacrifice. I don't suggest going to help them, because they're probably going to sacrifice you. Anyway, look out for each other out there, because this is a big dangerous world. And if we're not looking out for each other... There's nobody looking out for us. Just remember, actions speak louder than catchphrases. Good night, everybody. Members of the audience will receive the following. Classic Curves by Dittos. The Pants for Feel Good Company. A gift certificate from Maruchan Ramen Noodles. Rice-a-roni. All guests receive a copy of the Helming Home Game. Thanks to the creative minds and special appearances of Mark Allison, Jeremy Finch, and Jacob Kennedy. Helming is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. Check out all the great shows at legionpodcast.com. Hail Ming is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Legion Podcast. This is Dan Pardo saying good night.
stopped the torture, 